What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. Dude, this was a this was a great conversation. Yeah, that guy's yeah. awesome. Definitely um, got to stay in touch with him. Definitely have to stay in touch with Tim. Uh, a wealth of knowledge, and especially, I mean, awesome that he's in the fitness space. So he has a lot of success in the fitness space. He's worked with Alex Hormozzi. I believe he said it was Alex's number two guy yeah. on gym launch. Yeah, he helped him like create gym launch. Yeah, super excited. One of the most successful gym launch businesses uh, in the world. And Tim was number two. He also raised $325 million in capital before the age of 25. He was the youngest person in the room. Uh, very well-spoken, very well-educated, very knowledgeable, has some great ideas. And if you're a coach in the space, Tim just gave us the best marketing idea ever. If you're a coach, whether you're online or in person, make sure you listen to the end of the episode because Tim literally just gave away a massive book of business with one simple marketing strategy that you can implement. So I highly recommend y'all listen, take notes, give Tim a follow, check the show notes for his information. We'll see you guys inside. I want to learn first a little bit more about what got you into this? I mean, you have been incredibly successful in raising insane amounts of money, $325 million before the age of 25 as the youngest person in the room. Where did all of this start? Like, were you always just the, like, uh, the chosen one at doing this? <laughs> or or the, the Neo, Hardly. if we may? <laughs> Hardly. Uh, you know, I, so I grew up on the North Shore of Long Island, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the kind of the paradigm that you see. Like, what what is the vision? What are you surrounded by? Things like that. And, and my dad was in finance. Uh, and so I think I, I grew up with an innate sense of, you know, wanting to basically anything's possible. But I, on the other side, was a complete nerd. So uh, I was the kid in middle school who brought the brought a briefcase to school, trying to emblem, you know, being emblematic of, you know, kind of mimicking those around me uh, that I wanted to be like. And so, you know, at 10 years old, I've got an attache to morning meeting. And, you know, my two sisters were absolutely horrified, of course. Um, <laughs> but I kind of had this, you know, this innate drive of being able to manifest pretty much anything I wanted to do was just a function of like, just go get it. Like anything's possible. You just got to work for it. Um, uh, and so that. when I got out, when I got out of college, uh, I interned in a, in a, like a stock brokerage, uh, company. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Uh, and so I took a chance of joining uh, a guy who had just started a, a small investment company. Uh, and I moved from the Northeast to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and we, he had, he had a, a good kind of product, good track record, a good story. And I was 22 uh, at the time. And I just said, you know, I'm going to go out and raise capital. And like, I'm going to meet as many people as I need to meet. I believe in the product that we have. Uh, and I crisscrossed the country talking to as many people as would take my phone calls. Uh, and we raised it $500,000 at a time, then a million at a time, then 5 million at a time. And in wow. that business, the more money you have under management, the larger allocations you can get. When the beginning, you have to pick up the crumbs, but then when those add up to being large enough, you can start to call on some of some of these larger folks. So uh, in a span of about three months, we raised $150 million from two investors. One gave us 100 million and one gave us 50 million. Wow, but it's amazing. one of those that it took 
it took three years to get the first hundred, you know, and then it took six months to, you know, to get the next 150. And, and I just, it, a lot of it taught me the, uh, it taught me the lesson of being in the right place, like the right vehicle at that time, hedge funds were, were kind of had a tailwind hard work. I was, you know, I met Anthony Scaramucci at his first conference just because I negotiated my way to a ticket. Uh, and knowing I was the youngest person in the room, uh, I needed to get comfortable quickly. Uh, and so it was kind of a trial by fire, but we were able to be be very successful pretty quickly. I love that. There's a couple of things that you mentioned there that really just kind of hit home for me. And one was the environment that you're raised in. And I always thought that this was something that Travis, you exhibit very well, uh, as well as our friend Scott, where your, your fathers were both people who followed their passion. And Travis's father is a woodworker and makes beautiful pool tables and all sorts of fine woodworking uh, art, really. And uh, our other friend, Scott, his father was a rock climber, professional rock climber, just followed his passion. And I think that all too often people in our society, they want to take the safe route. They want to go be a doctor because they know that something is guaranteed. They want to go to college to get a certain degree because they know something's guaranteed. And I always admired the way that Travis was able to just kind of follow what he thought he really was passionate about and wanted to do. And it sounds like you did the same thing from a young age where, Hey, look, anything is possible. You can make a phenomenal living doing whatever you want. As long as you're passionate about it, then you will succeed. And you obviously have the tools and the resources and the drive to be able to continue to succeed on your own. Um, the interesting thing is that most people looking at your journey, they probably see the highlight of, oh man, Tim raised $150 million in three months. When really you're like, no man, that took years to get to that point in my life, in my network where I could ask for a hundred million dollars. So you, what was the first investment that you got? Was it that $500,000 investment or did you start real small? Yeah. So I, as with everything, you know, every service, every product, you are solving a specific problem mm -hmm. and, or you have something that makes you unique. And the background at that time for anyone who's listening was, you know, hedge funds at that were the large guys were starting to get a little uh, pretentious or they were kind of high on their horse. And it was, you should be lucky to invest with me. And there was this, so that was kind of one group of people. The next were, give me your money and you'll be lucky if you hear from me, hopefully we'll do, we'll do well by you. And there was a, a, you know, a, a communication uh, disconnect. And so I went out to the marketplace and said, I'm going to be the most communicative person that you've ever met. Here's my number. You're going to hear from me consistently. And you're going to, I'm going to make sure that you know that I take your money as seriously as you do. And the reason why that was important is because the first 25 million that we got was a hundred thousand and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at a time. And it was mostly retirement accounts from high net worth individuals. That's super interesting because like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, um, I was just going to say, um, there's, you know, you're, you're getting started in a thing where there's probably lots of other people doing that, but mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh, well, I'm not the first guy to do this. I'm not even the thousandth guy to do this. So why would I even try? You identified like, where are the areas that all of those people are lacking? And like, how can I do that? So I'm different. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So we went to like a weekly communication cadence. So every week it was like, just so you know, we're here, money's here, everything. It, at the end of the day, it wasn't necessarily that they needed an update. It was they needed safety and they needed reassurance yeah, that certainty, you know, the communication was there. So, so that's how, and then we got to be known as the place, like we got a lot of referrals. So folks that felt comfortable with us. So that helped kind of the next 25 to 50 million, a little bit at a time. Uh, and then the last piece was we had a, we had a great problem. Uh, uh, and we spent, you know, by, because my partner and I, I focused on one part of the business. He was great at his part. We kind of divided up and conquered our, our domains. Uh, it, the combination of the two allowed us to grow very, very quickly. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do everything yourself. That's right. Yeah. Something I wanted to make sure we have time to dive into is yeah. I'm, I'm in the fitness industry. Travis does a lot yeah. of work in the fitness industry as a videographer and media professional. Um, I saw in your notes that you had built a $1 million annually recurring revenue gym business. And that, now is this a, a brick and mortar gym? Yes. All right. So this I'm interested in because not a lot of people, you don't always open a gym to make a lot of money. You know, True. it's, it's tough to make yeah. a lot of money in the brick and mortar gym space. And, you know, we're online, I own an online coaching company yeah. and continued education firm, but I'm curious, what was your strategy? How did you make that happen? How much debt did you go in with when you bought, purchased all your equipment? What was that like? Yeah. So, uh, so I spent about 10 years in the fitness business. Uh, and I came at it from a technology perspective first. So my wife and I were actually division one rowers in college. We were uh, cool. on the crew team. That's how we nice. met. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of do something at some point uh, around fitness and wellness and things like that. Uh, I was introduced to a concept called Coco Fit Club, K-O-K-O Fit Club. And their whole idea was to take the person out of personal training and replace it with technology. So they created effectively a universal gym with a screen on it. Oh, like mirror. So 24 hours a day, seven days you can, you know, so if you walked in and be like, you know, hey Travis, you know, welcome, good morning. Today we're gonna do these seven exercises. We're gonna do it in this order. Based on what we know about you, these are the recommended weights that you should be lifting. And here's the pace that you should lift and lower the weight. So it was all prescriptive strength training call it for general population. That's what got me into it. What I quickly realized was the gym business is really tough. Uh, and so at the time uh, we, you know, luckily we had our total build out cost about $150,000 in total. It's cheap. Luckily was okay. It was really cheap. cheap yeah. Damn. So, yeah. So, so I did very well. We opened our first one in our first club in 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that time, you know, there was a lot of commercial real estate available. So we were able to get really, really good rents and some, some tenant improvement uh, allowances and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we basically just needed the equipment. Yeah. Real, real quick for those listening, yeah. if you're not familiar with what it usually costs to open up a gym, Tim opened up his gym and was all in for 150,000. Uh, the gym that I go to my home gym, they just opened relatively recently this past year. And I think they're about a million and a half in the whole, Probably. in equipment, yeah. in equipment alone. alone. Wow. Yeah. So the fact that you got all that done for 150 K that's, that's a real, yeah. that's a much more comfortable yeah. position. Yeah. So our whole strategy was, it was a boutique concept. So about 2000, mm -hmm. 2100 square feet. So it was smaller, but I think the thing that I realized, the idea was, you know, 150, 
150 to 250 members mm-hmm. at a higher ticket than call it the rest of the industry. So, you know, we were oh. about about $100 a, a member per month is what we were aiming to get to. Well, it comes with a plan. Right. Yeah, well, so yeah, you can that makes sense ticket. to me. Yeah. Exactly. So we were like, this is going to be quote unquote easy. And I was probably a little naive at the time where <laughs> we have something, we have a shiny object and, you know, we did the, if you build it, they will come, you know, fallacy yep. and all of that the first time around. Uh, and we struggled to get above 75 members. Then we struggled to get to 100 members. And then we struggled to 125 members. And as you're probably, you know, you guys know very keenly, then churn starts to kick in. And then you're like, God, like for every 10 I sign, I lose eight. Like this is a slog. Like this is a, a nightmare. But so my kind of struggle to the other side of that was I was in the definition of insanity. And it was just doing the same thing was not going to get me to where I wanted yeah. to go. But it forced us to say, like, we had an identity shift. In the beginning, it was, we are a gym. It's where people work out. We then switched our whole mindset to be, we are a wellness company. And we broadened our offering from just having workouts to nutrition, to supplementation, to accountability coaching. And we took our average price point from $69 to $269 in about nice. six months. Well did done. you, did you bring in more clients as well? Or did you, did you keep, did you keep like the same like number of clients and just increase the, yeah. the value or did you bring in more or did that also maybe bring in more clients? Yeah. So I think it, it, it happened in two ways. So one is I believe in the concept of there are, when you're selling something, there are wallets that people buy out of. So in the beginning, we had a single product. It was, you can come in and get a membership. People were paying $69 out of their membership wallet. But we also knew that people were buying supplements. They were going to GNC and other places. They were not buying from us. And then they have their food wallet and they were not buying from us. And they had their coaching kind of accountability wallet that they were not buying from us. So we did two things. One is we brought in the offering which helped our existing members spend more with us because we were able to dip into those other wallets that they were already spending out of. And by having a complete solution, we differentiated ourselves in the market. It was, if you want the $10 gym, go to the $10 gym. If you want to actually solve the problem, this is what it is. And it's more, you know, it's more, uh, it's all inclusive. It's, you know, it's more a holistic approach and it, gave people the confidence that we actually wanted to solve the problem and not just sell them something. Mm-hmm. So our churn went down, our price point went up, our sales velocity went up, our closing percentages went up. So it, it, it's completely counter to like basic economics of the more you charge, the less you sell. Mm-hmm. In right. service, it oh, we see that. that way. Yeah, It doesn't work that way. Your yeah. price point is a reflection of your implicit value and perception mm-hmm. is reality so long as you can deliver upon the promise and that is what i came to find yeah Yeah. and as long as your offer is more valuable i mean really it's kind of like an alex hormozy thing an offer so good people feel stupid saying no like you get all of these things and you would imagine it would cost a lot of money but really it doesn't in comparison it may be more than what you were paying before but you were only getting a gym before so one thing i'm curious about is how did you go about communicating all of this to your 
prospective clients? How did your marketing, how did your uh, copy change? Yep. So we went from being a gym to being a, uh, like I said, more of a wellness concept. So we actually bifurcated, we, we split our audiences. So, you know, our core member was a 75% of our members were women, primarily between the age of 40, 35 and 45. So our average age was about 42. So it was around like weight loss, for example, was, you know, we're going to give you all of these things. No, you know, Mrs. Smith, you know, no wonder you have had challenges in the past is because you only had one leg of the stool. What you needed was that you needed to move more. You needed to, you know, build build lean muscle, which we had the program for. You needed guidance on nutrition, and you needed someone to walk the path with you to make sure that you were doing answer your questions, make sure you felt confident, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and the supplements was actually what led me to uh, to actually I ended up working with Alex. Uh, I was one of the oh, really? one of the heads of. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I was uh, I was Alex's number two guy at Gym Launch. Oh, oh that's no, great! Uh, that's yeah. really cool. Yep. Yeah, so. So that led to the introduction, to Alex, and then I ended up working for Gym Launch for a couple of years. Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I for a while there worked with Jason Phillips, who is oh, yeah. uh, currently works with Alex um, yeah. in his mentorship program. But yeah, I mean, very intelligent human and uh, clearly, you know, you know what you're doing as well. How long yeah. did it take you to get to one million dollars? Uh, it took us from the time we changed, like kind of pivoted, uh, mm. we did it within 12 months. So we That's went amazing. from, yeah, but it was, it was, a, it was like, there's a book, red ocean, blue ocean, which many people yeah. might be familiar with. Yep. The red ocean is like, you know, it's red with blood from competition and non-differentiation and things like that. You'll know when you're, when you make that switch, because it goes from being uh, competitive on price, or you're worried about what other people are doing, nobody else was doing it. And so when we yeah. the positioning, people just started walking in like ready to buy. It was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I know so-and-so, she came here, she had everything, she loved it. Uh, and we implemented uh, Gym Launch, a, a company we just we spoke about, pioneered yeah. the six-week challenge. And we introduced the six-week challenge at $600. Instead of doing a free you know, a free day, we were like, great, come in. It's six weeks, 600 bucks. Yeah. We sold more of those than we could sell free days or a 30 days for $30 offer yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it's because people knew we were serious and the pain was high and we knew what we were doing and we could deliver on the promise. Mm -hmm. And after six weeks, they realized this is actually what I believed it to be. And so we converted a very large number, like 80% plus of our six-week challengers into long-term members. Into and they two, stayed for very long time. Per like, month. Yeah. Well, yep. at that time, we actually we we moved it up to uh, our average ticket was fifty nine a week by oh, uh, by the time I sold the gym. Yeah, that's, so that's how we got to the two hundred and fifty dollars price point. Now, did you run into any pushback as far as having such a broad and holistic offering, and people wondering like, eh, is this something I really need? Because we at our coaching company, we do have a very broad and holistic offering where we order labs for our clients. We want to see what's happening internally. Like much like you, there's a problem. We need to identify it, why you're not progressing so that we can implement a solution so that your body can start changing. But we need a lot of data to assess that. So did you run into any pushback or did most people understand? I mean, from, from your perspective, it was really just training, nutrition, supplementation, and accountability. That's right. Um, we, we ran into pushback from the standpoint of psychologically, people want to try to spend the least 
to accomplish the goal. And in the beginning, it was like, what is the minimum effort, minimum financial investment that I can put in to get to where I want to go? And we talked a lot about, about, you know, it's like, well, you've got risk. So, you know, Jane, you know, if you were sitting in front of me, how long have you been thinking about this? Five years. What have you tried? Blah, blah, blah. You just go through kind of the pain cycle. And it's like, so you've spent $15,000 to attend the gym seven times. You are embarrassed to change clothes in front of your spouse. Mm -hmm. You're worried what your girlfriends say. So you're turning down social opportunities and that, you know, uh, reunions coming up. Yep. More and more pain. Digging up. How much risk do you want to take? Yeah. Yeah. And it it can be challenging when people are in that kind of uh, painful scenario because it feels like you have the biggest hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily with your approach, it was very relatively simplistic. You know, ours is a, definitely a little more complex, but you know, training, nutrition, supplementation, accountability, that's, that's a simple four point offering. That's right. The, chair, the, 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 the legs of the chair, so to speak. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, it was changing the conversation. People generally came in for a gym membership, but they left with kind of, a different perspective because I don't think people necessarily, they don't equate the reasons that it didn't work before with the specific steps until you kind of call it out. Right. So the conversation becomes much more tangible. So it's like, I just need a gym membership. No, you actually need someone like the accountability is actually why you failed before. Yeah. And, and then most people don't connect the dots on, exactly what it was that held them back. It's like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't lose any fat last time I had a, I, I tried this and I, I gained all the weight back. It's like, well, you tried to cut out carbs completely. You sleep four hours a night, your digestion is terrible and uh, you don't actually do any weightlifting. So, right. This is super yeah. interesting. It's like, it's very relatable to where I am uh, right now because like I have a you know, small video production company. And I have a lot of people reaching out to me looking like, you know, they heard about me from somewhere else, but they're like looking for a videographer and what they're thinking, Mm -hmm. like maybe they haven't like necessarily worked with them before, or they need video done for a specific thing. And they've had a lot of bad experiences with videographers in the past. And I'm, I've seen like a theme, like they're all looking for like a, a videographer, someone to show up with a camera and like shoot something. But what they don't realize is like that video is completely useless if you don't have like a plan for how to use it correctly. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's no point in even shooting it. Like I can shoot some video, you know, they're looking for like an hourly, someone to pay hourly, a low hourly wage yeah. to show up and like shoot a thing. So what I've been trying to like focus all of my stuff on is like, I'm not a videographer, I'm a video strategist. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna help yeah. you figure out like what what is your actual problem? like you don't need somebody to shoot a video of something. You need somebody to help you like create something that's going to solve a problem for you. And so that's yeah, like, what's the, the funnel, that's right? the shift. Yeah. And then obviously yeah, everything like that, has a funnel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. It's just, this is like resonating a lot uh, with me right now. <laughs> so I guess well, I you're the, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and like it the lies. producer, like you really need a producer, you need an editor, you need a videographer. The videographer piece is only one component exactly. of the outcome. So you're, yeah, it, you're, you're exactly right. And it's more like, what are we making? You know what I mean? Like, does, does right. your business, like, are you just like hemorrhaging money because you can't find employees because you have a terrible like recruiting process? Well, like a video could 
reach like hundreds of thousands of people that are potentially interested in working for your company, saving you like tons of money. Like people don't necessarily think about it in that way. They're like, oh, we just want to shoot some video of this thing. But in reality, like, yeah, you want to work backwards. Like what is your actual like real problem? And like, how do we solve that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I think the hard yeah. part is educating the market and the consumers on that, especially in more complex cases. Like it sounds like maybe yours and mine, Travis, where people may be a little bit, um, just uninformed, poorly informed about yeah. what it exactly is they need. I want to lose 10 pounds. Is. It's like, no, in reality, you want to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Health comes first. So Tim, what, what strategies did you use or what recommendations would you have? What, what would you have? What advice would you have for people like us in our situation where it almost seems as though the market needs to learn what the problem mm-hmm. really is? Yeah. So a couple of things. So one is I believe in solutions based selling and selling, meaning connecting someone who has a need with a product that can solve that, that need. Uh, so one is kind of solutions, meaning product driven, more solutions driven. That's the first. And the second is I think every, I work with uh, service-based businesses, specifically ones with a recurring revenue. So a membership, a subscription, a retainer or something like that. Uh, and the whole idea is we look at the product, we look at the packaging, and we look at the pricing. You can't change the price without differentiating yourself in the market. So speaking to here, if you have this problem, here is the complete solution, and you off being the one place that they can get that, and then speaking to how do you separate it. So a lot of the stuff that we've done over the last five plus years is around the packaging. So I worked with them, we had a, this was a couple of years ago, but we had a mattress company that we had an engagement with. And it's like, well, you don't sell mattresses. You you sell better sleep and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So when you take it from, I need to sell a mattress, you go to, you actually want better sleep and you want mindfulness. So let's talk about your pillow. How, you know, what, when was the last time you changed your pillow? 25 years ago. Okay. So you probably need a better pillow. You know, what about like the spray that helps, uh, you know, that helps you sleep better, you know? So we put that in, what about the the sheets? What about the padding? What about, and all of a sudden you end up with this value stack of like, you actually don't need a mattress. You need the system. And I think yes. as many people as can move from, I sell a product to I sell a system, you will differentiate yourself from the marketplace. You can make a specific kind of, you can set specific expectations and then you can capture as many of those wallets as I spoke to earlier within your organization rather than having them go elsewhere. So you provide the organization and you provide the solution all in one place. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And and, and when we're thinking about it in fitness terms, most people, they don't just want fat loss. Most people don't want to just lose 10 pounds. They want, when you really dig into what happens when they lose 10 pounds, you know, they're more confident, they have more energy, they can play with their kids, they sleep better, they have energy that to, you know, be sexual with their partners and produce better at work and all these other things. So you're right, when you're having these sales conversations, it's really easy to dig down into what the true why behind their journey is. Now it's just transitioning that into easy to understand copy and marketing that you can spread out to the masses. 
Yeah, I would say like one actually very tactical thing you can do. If you're in fitness, the best thing I've ever seen done from a marketing perspective is do a challenge, uh, something like that. You know, what we do, we did what was called a holiday hold'em. So, you know, you actually got a financial benefit. You held your weight or your BMI between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And then after that, go to a place in town, wherever you're located, uh, like a clothing store and say, I'm going to do a runway show. Can you help supply clothes for my participants? And so if you're doing a transformation, this works really well. Do like a six week or an eight week transformation, do starting pictures, ending pictures, give them a chance at a discount to buy new clothes from a place locally in town, and then get a videographer like Travis to film the whole thing of people going from like walking down, showing off the new kind of the new transformation, the new body that they have and the confidence that they're inspiring, do little, you know, uh, you know, kind of man on the street style interviews. Like, how do you feel like that will attract the person that is looking for what you've accomplished? And then it's like, Hey, if you want to be in the next one, we started on Tuesday and, you know, go to, you know, Travis.com slash challenge. Uh, we've got limited spots. You got to get in now. This could be yeah. you in six weeks. Yeah. So you kind of, you got to give people the idea of what it is in a very tangible way and celebrating those successes will start to attract uh, the the types of people you're looking for and, and set yeah. yourself in the market. And yeah. And like for me, for instance, like presenting that idea is like that, like Presenting that idea as like a production company, that's the differentiator versus being like, Hey, I've got a camera. What do you want me to do? Like, yeah. that's the type of thing yeah. that makes you that basically what we talked about before. That's what changes you from just like videographer to a video strategist. Like, yeah. yeah. I like for it. videographer, I mean, for you, you could do 10 seconds of raw video of like, here's an eye, like take an iPhone and just don't frame it or anything. Just walk around clumsily. Right. You've got 10, 10 seconds of that and then do your version and put them side by side. Yeah. It's like, this is what it looks like with self-directed. This is what it looks like in a package. Yeah. yeah. If this is your wedding, if this is your advertising, if this is your business, which one would you stake your reputation on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're going through this, when you're going through your, the, that concept of the, the challenge and then um, making a runway show and all that, I was thinking of like these home, these makeover shows, uh, yeah. like um, what's the show with the gay guys who, make like turn people's lives around. Oh, well, uh, um, I love that. There's a guy named Jonathan who's yeah. hysterical on it. Like I love, yeah. I love this. What show. is that show Guilty called? Pleasure. Um, Oh God. We're all having, like we all, yeah, we're right for the straight guy. Yeah. There yes. we go. Yeah. yeah. I love, yes. I love that show. And that's what I'm, what I'm imagining is like, you know, from where they were and then they do stuff like that. They do the man on the street style interviews. They do the runway. They do the showcasing confidence and all that stuff. And while that might seem like a pretty big project to, you know, make happen, that would be incredibly helpful. So yeah. it's no that cost. Like. You go, you, yeah. you, you go down to the local place. They it's a bartering system. So just give us 20% off. I'll send people your way. Yeah. Right. So zero cost to you as the, as the gym owner. And then you do it in the club. Like, Hey, Thursday night, we're going to close for an hour or come and put chairs up and like celebrate your, you know, celebrate the community. Uh, yeah. And you know, you just do it. There's, there's, I think we over we overthink some of these things. Like don't go rent a ballroom. Don't do the whole thing. Like, yeah. Do it in the facility, you know, 
and you know, and tag you know uh, you know Jason's transformation you know hashtag Jason's transformation or whatever um, you know vote for your favorite one you know your favorite transformation if you're in the audience like do a poll on Facebook like there's all these engagement things you can do and you yeah. take one product if you will and turn it into kind of a community uh, you know benefit yeah. I love that. This is Tim, this has been incredibly helpful. And I, I love the, the knowledge that you have and the knowledge that you're sharing and being able to pick your brain. It's wild that we do have some, uh, some familiar contacts with uh, Alex and Jason and all that. Yeah. But uh, this has been really helpful. I appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us, man. No, I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, if you, you know, if you're in the, in the fitness world, I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, I share a lot of these secrets as well uh, at timcalise.com, T-I-M-C-A-L-I-S-E.com. I've got a free VIP newsletter uh, community. Uh, jump on there and you'll get tidbits uh, along the way to hopefully help you uh, stand out in the marketplace and make more money. I Link, love it, man. Links and in I'm the show notes. Yeah, we're going to put the link in the show notes. I was just writing that Thank down because I'm definitely going to join. Um, to all of our listeners, I highly recommend you go follow Tim and uh, continue to learn from this guy. I mean, a wealth of knowledge. So thank you, Tim. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast. We will see you all next week. 